0: You ever get into a situation that's so overwhelming you don't even know how to get out of it? There's some situation that is just like, it's so overwhelming. It's so frustrating. And then frustration adds to frustration. And then all of a sudden you got all these bones and you, they're all around you and you can't seem to get above them. You can't seem to get around them. You can't seem to escape them. They're just there sitting with you in the middle of the valley. And yes, let's just all say sometimes life is so hard. We do not see a way out. The beautiful thing about Ezekiel 37 is that the bones were not Never going to stay dry. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Let's go. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing out there today? I'm so super excited about our content today it is one of my most favorite passages of Scripture we are gonna dig into it it's going to bring you hope it's going to bring you encouragement those of you that feel like you're in a rut that feel like you are in the middle of a valley oh my goodness you're going to feel so encouraged not by me but by the Spirit of God After the break, I am obsessed with this passage of scripture. It's going to be good. I hope you guys are doing well out there. We are doing well, all four kids in school. They are absolutely, they're thriving. Isn't it good when our kids, you can see that they are really just excelling in life. I feel like our kids are in such a good place right now. Um, And I'm super thankful to the Lord uh, for that. Um, I wanted to share a little bit about what's going on in my life. It's so funny, like the last few weeks, we've done this series on words and we, you know, I studied really hard for this series on words and we did all the study on the words I did. I was looking at every passage of scripture, everything that people said, not every passage of scripture, but, you know, um, several passages of scripture on words. And it's so funny. Um, you know, Satan tempts you and sometimes you just bite the bait at the wrong time. Last week we are uh, a couple weeks ago we did um I did a whole podcast on David and Goliath and how it was a war of words and I just want to tell you how I struggle with this. You know, you're not listening to a perfect person over here and um last week Here I am. School has started. We're like, you know, we're in the throes of everything. And I went to an event and I was sitting at the event. My husband was there. My daughter was there. It was like a whole thing, you know, whatever. And someone was there at this event, and they said something, and I, like, I am typically pretty good at, like, censoring what I say or whatever, but that particular moment, I wasn't. I lost my cool, I popped off, I said something so stupid, like I don't even know. It wasn't bad, like, you know, don't go there in your mind. It was just stupid. It was just really, really stupid. Anyone, you guys ever say anything that just, you're like, what? And I remember sitting at the rest of them, my husband was there, my daughter was there. Actually, a lot of my kids were there. (laughs) Um, But I'm sitting at this event and I'm processing what I just said after I said it. It was actually about me, it was about my own self. So just in case you're mine, like I'm not, I wasn't talking about anybody else, I was talking about myself. And it was just really, I don't know, stupid. And I remember, I thought to myself after I said it, why would I say this? Like why in the world, where did this come from? Like I don't think this, I'm not like whatever. But it just came out and I started processing it. My husband came home later and I was talking to him about it. I'm like, why did I say, why do you think I said this? And he's like, I don't know. Like, my husband is like, I don't know. I didn't think anything about it. You know, those things that you say that other people think nothing about, but you like die a thousand deaths over. That's kind of one of those things that it was. And he was like, oh, my goodness, Autumn, you're fine. But I really was searching, like, where in the world does this come from in my own brain? And why would I say this about myself, right? And it hit me (laughs) as I was analyzing and processing in my own psyche. It was a temptation from the enemy that I just... Sunk my teeth into and just popped off and said something so stupid. So I just want you to know listen, guys, we are all in this together. We all need the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. <laughs> we all need Jesus in our life. I remember uh, like last week, I just talked to the Lord about it. I'm like, this was so just, it was just not okay. And I'm, you know, I said I was sorry for saying it and I really felt the love of Jesus. So anyway, I just feel like sometimes, um, I don't know, you need to know, I don't know, things like that, I guess. <laughs> so that is what's happening in my life. Your girl over here needs the grace of Jesus. After the break, you guys, we are going to jump into such an encouraging passage of scripture, one that has radically changed my life. And I know it's going to just, it's like a warm hug. It's like a Bible hug, like an Olaf warm hug. You're going to love it. I will catch you right after the break. Don't go anywhere. I'll see you in a sec. Hey guys, it's Autumn. And I want to know family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at Audemiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching Audemiles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Okay, guys, I'm back now that I've confessed everything to you. I just felt like someone needed to know that we're in this together, guys. (laughs) Saved by grace over here through faith forgiven that's i'm going to i need to make a shirt that says forgiven um okay so this is a special show we are going to talk next week i'm going to start a whole series about underestimated <sighs> y'all, it's going to be so good. It's going to be like mind blowing good. Like I'm super excited about what the Lord is laying on my heart. Uh, but today I'm going to talk about something I have talked about before in my production and my staff meeting yesterday. Uh, we, we always talk about what we're going to talk about on the podcast. Like this is like a whole thing. And before I got into my staff meeting, I was talking to Amanda who puts together all the outlines and and the Lord had laid on my heart a particular message that I had done before and went to my staff meeting and I told her like, you know, you, why don't you pray and you ask the Lord, what does the Lord want, want you to produce so we can put it on the podcast. So late last night she texted me um, three different options that she's really feeling. And um, then about 10 minutes later, I'm like, all of these are good. Like all of these are God's word. It's going to be good. And then 10 minutes later, she was like, we need to do Ezekiel. I just feel it in my bones. And I said, let's do it Uh, because Ezekiel, the valley of the dry bones is one of my favorite passages of scripture. So that's what we're doing. I want you guys to read this passage of scripture starting in Ezekiel 37. We are going to talk about those of you that feel completely, utterly dry in some area of your life. There is a dryness, there is a void, there is a confusion, there is a frustration. Maybe there's a massive disappointment. Maybe you're facing a health struggle. Maybe it's marriage problems that you just cannot seem to get past. There is a dry area in your life. And I want to tell you about the power of God on the other side of this passage of scripture that we're going to read today. Ezekiel 37 says this. I'm going to read all 14 verses. Hang with me. And then I'm going to go back because I want you to see sort of the end from the beginning. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel, my son's middle name is Ezekiel. Moses Ezekiel, mine, Miles, because Ezekiel is a boss. Okay. The hand of the Lord, he says, Ezekiel 37.1 came upon me. Now, I typically read from the New American Standard, but today I'm reading from the New King James. My Bible is getting rebound. And let me tell you, I'm like lost without it. I couldn't even find Ezekiel in this Bible. I'm just lost without it. But I am reading from the New King James today, which it says it so beautifully. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst. Of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very, very, I'm adding, this is the new autumn version, very, very crispy dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely. I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with the skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Hang with me just a couple more verses. There was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. They came together, guys. They came together. It's going to come together. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them. But there was no breath. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe. Ruah is the word for that. Breathe, breath, the breath of God. Ruah is the word for that. Breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath, Ruah. The breath of God came into them and they lived they made it they lived they lived through it they made it and stood up on their feet an exceedingly great army then he said to me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel they indeed say our bones are dry, and our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, he's heard you. My bones are dry. I'm dry. This area is dry. My marriage is on the rocks. My season of life is so hard. My finances are impossible they say our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off therefore prophesy and say to them thus says the lord god behold O my people i will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of israel then you shall know that i am the lord when i have opened your graves sounds like resurrection O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. One of my most favorite passages of scripture. It cross references to a lot of passages of scripture. But today I want to just take the first four verses. Of this passage. And I want you to let these first four verses in. Okay. That area of your life right now that you're saying to yourself, I don't see hope here. I don't see a resurrection that's coming. All I see is death and dry bones. Ezekiel 37 is, I've used it so many times. The Lord has given it to me so many times to prophesy over people. Not even kidding, you guys. I'm not even kidding. Let me tell you this little story. My sister was single for 30, 40 years, excuse me, 40 years, never been married. And one day the Lord gave me this passage of scripture for her, and I read this passage of scripture for her, and I prophesied over her, not to be weird. This is the scripture speaking, okay? Um, Prophesied over her because I felt like God was telling her, you are going to come out of this grave of singleness. You are going to be married. Did not even know that the next year, you guys, she was going to get married. But the Lord said, prophesy this to her. And I did, and now she's married, you guys. This passage of scripture has power because the Lord's heart is in it. It says right here in Ezekiel 37.1, The hand of the Lord came upon me. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of of the valley okay so I want to just camp on this because this is just so beautiful if we actually process what the Bible says it's so relatable it's so practical here we have Ezekiel prophet of God the hand of the Lord specifically drew him out, came upon me and brought me out. I'm sorry. I've got NASB brain. Um, I'm not thinking new King James. I'm thinking new American standard because I have this passage basically memorized. The hand of the Lord came upon him and, and the hand brought Ezekiel out in the spirit of the Lord. And where did the hand of God bring him?
1: The hand
0: of God did not bring Ezekiel to the mountaintop. The hand of God drew him out and brought him out in the spirit of the Lord. And where did the hand of God take him? He set me down, 37.1, in the midst of the valley. I don't hear a lot of messages on Lord bringing me to the midst of the valley. <laughs> you just, there's not a lot of worship songs about, oh, the Lord has taken me to the midst of the valley. You know, we, we always uh, pray and, and and praise and all this kind of stuff about the mountaintop. Wow. this The Lord has taken me to the mountaintop. I have climbed the mountain. He is right there with me. I am like having the best time. I'm, my life is full of blessings, like all of this stuff but the hand of the lord could have taken ezekiel anywhere he could have taken ezekiel to the mountaintop but that's not where he wanted him the hand of the lord grabbed him uh gently and brought drew him out and brought him into the midst of the valley a new american standard says into the middle of the valley now now the middle of the valley would be the lowest point in the valley. God took him to the lowest point in the valley. Satan did not take him there. Satan wasn't holding Ezekiel's hand. God, the Spirit of God, brought him out to the middle of the valley. When I first read this a couple years ago, I was going through a super big valley. And I remember thinking, this is the enemy. The enemy is doing this to me. I am under attack. I am under this, that, the other, anything but God because we don't actually think that God would ever take us out and place us strategically. That's what he did, Ezekiel. Strategically in a valley. Why would God do that? He is good. Of course he's good, but who's to say that the middle of the valley is bad? The middle of the valley in this case was great because it was the middle of the valley that God wanted to show Ezekiel something that no one had seen before the middle of the valley might not be where Satan puts you it may be where God has lovingly The middle of the valley could be finances, everything I just said, marriage, kids, career, that there's no hope. Sometimes we want to go from mountaintop to mountaintop. We want to be like, oh, successful opportunity to successful opportunity to, you know, financial prosperity to, you know, my kids are doing great. And, you know, we always want to put our best foot forward. But where the power is, is sitting in the middle of the valley and allowing the Lord to speak to us there. Don't run from mountaintop to mountaintop. Don't skip this precious little piece of heaven that we get to see here on earth. Don't skip it. Because it's in the middle of the valley when we're weak, when we're defenseless, when we don't have direction, when we're confused, when we're frustrated that we begin to look up and we begin to listen and we begin to say, God, I need you. I must have you. And that's where the miracle starts. Here he is sitting in the middle of the valley. So if you're in the middle of the valley today, take, take comfort in the fact that Ezekiel was there too. And it says in the the second part of this verse, and it was full of bones, full of bones. They were everywhere. This is kind of a kind of gross, but that's just what it says. It was full of bones. All those bones of disappointment, frustration, financial woes, Um, you know, uh, bad choices, bad words that people said to you, bad things that people did to you. A valley, in the middle of the valley, uh, it was absolutely full of bones. And in the middle of your valley, it is absolutely full of hurt, frustration, and you can name the rest. And then he caused me verse 2 to pass by them all around. This is what I love. This is why I say don't skip from mountaintop to mountaintop. Here the Lord has led Ezekiel in the middle of this valley. And then the Lord caused me ask him said listen this is what i want you to do i want you to walk around all of the bones i want you to get up and i want you to move around all the bones and behold they were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry this is something we do not do enough the church wants to talk about all the wonderful things that, that Jesus did and God does. And, and yes, of course, we absolutely must talk about those things, but who's to say walking around these bones in the middle of the valley is not one of them. I think some of our ideologies about God are so messed up because very clearly God led Ezekiel to the middle of the valley. And then he said, I want you to walk around. I want you to survey the bones. I want you to look at them. I want you to process them. What do you see? I want you to actually know what is in the middle of the valley. Sometimes we think it's, um, you know, oh, well, you know, my husband's being mean to me or, you know, we just can't get along or we're fighting left and right or my finances are messed up and I made this decision. whatever But there is probably something underneath you fighting with your husband or your wife or your finances that needs to be addressed. That God said, I want you to survey the bones. I want you to go and I want you to look and I want you to study them and look at them. And that's exactly what Ezekiel did. He walked around. I think God was making a point in this passage because I know the end of it. He wanted Ezekiel to know how bad the situation was so he could show Ezekiel how good he was. You ever get into a situation that's so overwhelming you don't even know how to get out of it? We've all been there. There's some situation that is just like, it's so overwhelming. It's so frustrating. And then frustration adds to frustration. And then all of a sudden you got all these bones and they're all around you and you can't seem to get above them. You can't seem to get around them. You can't seem to escape them. They're just there sitting with you in the middle of the valley. And yes, let's just all say sometimes life is so hard. We do not see a way out. The beautiful thing about Ezekiel 37 is that the bones were never never going to stay dry. Ezekiel needed to see the state, which he says in the valley. And indeed, verse uh, two, he caused me to pass around them. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. Maybe you need to admit to yourself, this is so hard. I'm not going to say everything's okay. I'm not going to say it's fine. I'm not going to say everything will work out fine, although we know that it did in Ezekiel 37. Sometimes we just need to be, um, we just need to agree with our situation. This is hard, God. These bones are so dry. I do not know a way out of them. Ezekiel says, and behold, they were very dry. He knew the state. God had him walk around to survey. So he knew the state of the bones. Because it's when we know how hard things are, that when God comes through, we praise him all the more. And he said to me, son of man, I love this, can these bones live, these bones, the bones that are very dry, the many bones, all the hurt, all the frustration, all the bad financial decisions. All the misunderstanding between you and your spouse, all the rejection. Can these bones live? Now I want to draw your attention to the narrative. Ezekiel is not asking God this. You would think that Ezekiel would look at God and say, "Can these guys live?" Nope. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's that's not the narrative. God looks at Ezekiel. And says, can these bones live? That's where I think God has all of us today. He's asking you. In the middle of your valley. Maybe you've already surveyed the bones. You know they're dry. Maybe they've been dry for years. Maybe they've been dry for decades. Son of man daughter of man, can these, these bones, the ones that you don't see any hope for, these, can they live? Ezekiel's response is beautiful because it says, So I answered, <laughs> Oh Lord God you know this is a very fancy new king james of saying i have no idea if these bones can live or not (laughs) ezekiel is like he doesn't say uh he says oh lord god you know which let me translate means i don't know you know i do not know Looking at them plain as day after surveying them for uh, whatever time period the Lord had them in the middle of the valley. I'm sure he would probably say, they ain't going to live. They're dry. They're very dry. They're brittle. They're breaking. They're beyond repair. There's so many of them. How in the world could these guys live? So So is genius. Oh, Lord, God. You know, because I don't. Is there ever a time where you just need to uh, say, I don't know? We need to normalize saying, I don't know, God. I don't know. Rather than telling God what his word says about our situation, we need to look at God and say, I don't know. But Lord God, you know a way out of this. You know a way to heal this. You know a way to bring life from this. You know know the way to resurrect the dead. You know the way to bring hope from this. You know how to make the crooked way straight. You know how to bring prosperity prosperity out of out of a place that is so dry and so destitute of any sort of hope you know how to do it I don't know sometimes we need to not know so much you know one of my favorite prayers that I pray is oh lord I have no idea what you're doing here but this is your problem not mine you got to figure it out for me Because I know and have made peace with the fact that I just don't know what God could do if I surrendered it. Oh, Lord, you know. And the Lord seemed to like that answer because he came in. New King James. He came and he said, prophesy to these bones. Now, if God wanted to raise them up in an instant, he could have. CC Genesis 1. He could have created with his own breath he could have created life with these bones out of his own breath. And that's exactly what he did in Genesis one. But in Ezekiel 37, he chose to tell Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones. This is a beautiful passage of scripture, which tells me that we also, when God tells us something, he gives us the authority to speak to things that he tells us he wants to do. So he looks at Ezekiel and says, prophesy to these bones. And this is what I want you to say to them. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is why God's word has power. Ours doesn't. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And I prophesied there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. It came together. It came together because the situation heard the word of the Lord. It came together because Ezekiel took the words of the Lord and applied them to the bones. It came together because Ezekiel was listening to the word of the Lord so that he could prophesy to the situation that the bones were in. Do you see how powerful the word of the Lord is in our life when we take the word of the Lord, not the word of the enemy in our mind or our own words, and we apply the word of the Lord by faith to our bones. Bone starts coming to bone. They start connecting. Things all of a sudden, supernaturally start coming together. Bone There's a rattling that happens and bone comes to bone. It was not until the word of the Lord was applied to the bones that there was a rattling. The rattling happens when they hear their creator say, now this is what you're going to do. We miss a step here. The word of the Lord through Ezekiel was directly applied The word of the lord that you know this beautiful scripture the bible full of scripture we have the opportunity to seize it to take it and to apply these promises to the bones in the middle of our valley that are very dry and then ezekiel didn't know how he just knew it did sometimes you don't know how god is going to do something it just did Bone came to bone. And as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin was covered by them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me again in a second, a second command prophesy to the breath. ruah. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God and say to the breath. Here's a problem. The problem is the bones have no breath. Now I'm going to tell you what to do. Take my words And say to the breath, this is what you're going to do. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as I commanded. Prophesying doesn't have to be weird, spooky, out of control, crazy, okay? It's literally just taking the word of the spirit of the living God and applying it to your bones. That's what it is. It's not weird. It doesn't have to be crazy. It's the word of God through you to a dry area in your life or in someone else's life. Then he said, son of man, these are the bones of the whole house of Israel. They indeed say to me, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, prophesy again a third time and say to them, thus says the Lord God. Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel, then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I've opened up your graves and brought you up from the graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and performed it, says the Lord. I don't know what it is that you are facing today. I know for a fact this was a specific message for today. The Lord didn't leave Ezekiel sitting in the middle of the valley just hanging out with the bones. He didn't take them there to leave them the way that they were. He took Ezekiel there to see what was there and to have Ezekiel grab his words And apply them to the bones. I feel like there's someone here out there listening today. I know there is. I know there is. And you're Ezekiel sitting in the middle of the bones, but you haven't moved. Maybe you need to have a conversation with the Lord that says, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Like Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? You know, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) wanted them to live. God wants life in your situation as well. God wants hope and resurrection in your situation as well. So practically speaking, be your own Ezekiel. Grab the word of the God and apply it And you might not know how, but I'm telling you, this is a principle of scripture. Supernaturally, things will start crystallizing and coming together. And it'll shock you. We're not given this vision, this destitute vision, this depressing vision, actually, for it to stay that way. We're given this vision of the valley of the dry bones so that God can speak to your situation and say, I want to do that for you too. You guys, I um, I want to tell this story and I know, I don't know what time, I don't know where we are at the time, but I am just going to tell it. Um, I've told this a lot. I'm going to keep telling it because it's, it's unbelievable. But um, uh, four years ago, Sunday... Well, actually, I'm sorry, four years and a month ago Sunday, my brother was involved in a horrible motorcycle accident. And as I've said before, I've written it in my books, um, he is a expert guitar player, expert. He is a worship leader at his church, or he was the worship pastor at his church. Now he's they promoted him. I don't actually know what he is now, but he's a big dog at their church. Here he is. He has this uh, motorcycle accident and we you know he he was real tore up had to do lots of surgeries everything it was uh, really really terrible and he didn't care about the rest of his body he only cared about his right arm because that's the arm that he plays guitar with and um i remember him telling my sister-in-law over and over something's really bad wrong with my arm something's really bad wrong with my arm something's really bad wrong with my arm and sure enough um, something was really bad wrong with his arm. All of the nerves in the right now and it's really technical and I'm not a doctor. So I'm just going to tell you layman's terms over here. Basically, they were all severed in at the top of his right arm. And on August 21st, four years ago, he had a doctor come over and actually I think he came to his house and he sat down and he um told david what no one wanted to hear and he told him unfortunately there's nothing we can do for your arm you are going to be paralyzed in your right arm for the rest of your life three days before I was praying for David. It was a really dark. You talk about the middle of the valley. They were like under the ground in the middle of the valley. It was a dark season. I went to their house one time and I'm like, wow, you guys, this is depressing in here. We need like a cookie or we need like a sunbeam or we need something up in here. We need Jesus. Uh, But it was a very dark time for them. And he came over. This uh, doctor came over on August uh, 21st. We'll never forget it. It was the day that I am rehab actually was released into the world. It was very interesting. Anyway, uh, he comes over and he says, you're never going to use that right arm again. And I just wanted to come by to tell you that. Three days before I was praying over David and the Lord said, I want you to Read Ezekiel 37, and I want you to start prophesying to David's arm. I didn't tell anybody this. A lot of weird things that God tells me to do, I don't tell anyone because they're weird. <laughs> Not everybody gets them. I just kept it to myself, um, and I had been praying for three days. I prophesied to his arm. I prophesy that bone will come to bone and flesh to flesh and all the things. And that Tuesday night, it was a Friday that the Lord told me that, that Tuesday late at night, we got a phone call from Amanda and David and David was on the line and he it was like one of those family phone calls, you know, where everyone gets together and everyone is just, you know, uh, leaning. in, you know, it's serious. But David said, um, doctor just came by and said, I would never be able to use my right arm again. And as soon as David said that, I got mad. I wasn't sad. I was mad because it contradicted what God had told me just a few days before I run and I get my Bible and he he's having a conversation and he's saying, please pray. You know, we don't want this to be the end. And I knew what God had said. God had said, Autumn, you need to prophesy to his arm. And so before we went to pray, I said, I'm gonna go first. I got out Ezekiel 37 and I literally started prophesying over Ezekiel 37. I just read the scripture. My heart was prophesying healing and restoration to his arm. Everyone prayed in the family. We're a very pray family. So we all prayed. And then it was silent. I think my dad was the last one to pray and it was like silent on the phone, right? And David says, I have to tell you something and you're not going to believe it. As soon as Autumn read Ezekiel 37, my arm began to move. And he got Amanda, because of course it's like hard to even believe, but he got Amanda and they're looking at his arm and his arm is twitching. And I can fully tell you today, he's not 100% restored but last week he played an entire concert with the band that he's in using that right arm there is something so powerful when we take the word of the lord and we apply it to our bones literally in this case don't miss the power that is available to you via the word of the Lord speak to those bones with the authority of the word of God backing you, and you don't know how it happens it just does okay guys whew, that was good um, got through without crying that's a first because I cry all the time now apparently when I'm recording uh, I'm gonna be back after the break with a couple things um, but I hope that encouraged you today love you guys so much Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs. And you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God, while I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, "Gangster Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Okay, guys, we are back. I have a question from one of you guys today. It says, I'm struggling to remain restful and trust in God while so much is up in the air. How do you have peace during such a stretching time? This is a great question. Thank you so much for sending it in. I'm struggling to remain restful and trust in God while so much is up in the air. Apparently they have a lot going on in their life. How do you have peace during such a stretching time? I'm going to tell you the simplest way that I have peace. Um, You know, Psalm 23 says it so beautifully. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Peace comes is a result of the presence of God. The Bible says, I have come to give you peace, but not as the world gives it, do I give it. The presence of God gives you a peace that the world can't even touch. They don't even understand. So no matter what it is, if that's what you're seeking, peace, Get in the presence of God. Presence equals peace. Sunday morning, you guys, I am listening to Cece Winans like it's my job right now. I don't know what it is about her voice. It is just, it's anointed. It's just it's all I can say. Uh, but I'm listening to her. I think I think it's her newest album. I've been listening to it on repeat. And uh, I was driving to church on Sunday morning and was bawling because her, the worship, And the praise that she was exuding as she uh, sung scripture and she sung worship songs brought me right into the presence of God and consequently brought me so much peace. That's where peace is found. Turn on a worship music, listen to the Bible, set your mind, fix your mind on Jesus, and I'm telling you, you can't miss it. Okay, it's there. Uh, Thank you for your question. Uh, Okay, we have what's God doing in your life story. And I love these because God is doing things in your life. Okay, out there. This one says uh, God confirmed today. A season of waiting. I was meeting with a friend and we had just talked about our waiting period and how I wanted to just move it along. Anyone else? Oh my goodness. I feel like that, too. After our visit, I saw a sign on the street that said, wait on God. Oh, snap. Then I got on Instagram and saw that you had just shared about waiting. I just did a video on waiting. And she says, "Okay, God, I hear you. I'm waiting on you. God always confirms his word when I need it the most. Amazing. Listen, God is all around us. He wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to you. He wants to confirm things. He is speaking, but are we listening? Are we leaned in like that? That is so incredibly amazing. So he's speaking guys, listen for him, watch for him, ask him to speak to you, put out your fleece. Come on, do it. It'll be great. You'll, you'll love it. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, I love you so much today. And I thank you for, I thank you for the power and the might in your word. No other words ever have what your word has. You have the ability to create life, to create change, to create fruit, to do anything that we need in your word i even think of lazarus when jesus was standing at the tomb and he said lazarus come forth the dead can be resurrected because of the power of your word and your word alone so lord let us move on from just sitting in the middle of the valley let's survey it let's apply your word to those bones and father god may we have the faith To believe that you are exactly what your word tells us that you are in our situation. God, I love you. And I thank you for these people that are listening today. God, bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. I'll see you next week with uh, I cannot wait to talk about the new series. You don't want to miss it. So I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to The Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.